You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Real Presence Live. Thank you so much for staying with us here at Real Presence Live. Mark Cheney, along with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Baravitz from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia. It is a glorious sunshine, sunny, very sunny Monday morning here in Virginia. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. It's going to be a great half hour here. We've got lots to talk about as we enter in. Actually, we're we're not even entering in. We are in the season of Lent. And so much to talk about with that. So many of the activities uh, here at our our parish especially. Yeah, you know, Mark, it's it's great that we're now into the first full week of Lent. Um, We have uh, Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament here at the parish Monday through Friday. And uh, it's just such a beautiful grace to see parishioners walking in and out, you know, of our parish, stopping to spend time with the Lord and to experience just his goodness and grace. And, you know, that's that would be my first thing here as we get started um, with this segment is the need to stop and slow down, you know. And I know we talk about that so often, uh, but to just rest with the Lord. Um, I, was, I was in my homily this weekend. One of the things that I found the Spirit um, spoke most profoundly, you know, you give a 20-minute homily and then there's usually something that most people respond to. They're like, that part really hit me. And I, I was speaking this weekend about how so often we think rest and relaxation is in Florida or Mexico or Hawaii and going on vacation is when we get our rest. But, but that's not really true. That's kind of a false idea that it's out there somewhere. You know, rest is within. It's where the spirit lives. It's where the gift of God lives. And it's where I understand my identity as a son or a daughter of God and that I don't have to do everything. And, and so the more I understand right relationship with the Lord, the more I get more rest and the more I can relax. And Lent is actually supposed to be a season of rest. And, and often I think we're, we're trying to change things in our lives. We're trying to give things up. We're trying to do all these things. But everything that we do during Lent should lead us to a place of rest and relaxation. All right? And to almost see it as actually a true vacation with the Lord. Um, and it's much better than laying on the beach in Mexico. As much as I'd like to be doing that right now, um, true rest is in relationship and right relationship with Christ. Hmm. Yeah, I was even thinking of the creation story, right? Like there's all all the works that, that God does, and, and uh, but it all focuses toward and leads toward that, that day of rest. And, and even in our own lives, right? Like our work is meant to be directed toward the Sabbath, toward that, that sense of being present to. And, and we kind of have it backwards sometimes where it's like we're, um, we're just constantly on the go and and. Uh, and Sometimes we're just not even able to enter into the rest. But I'd say the, the beautiful thing that I, that I see right now is, there's, Father, there's just such incredible things happening. And it's funny that you look at the, the church calendar here at Holy Spirit, um, you wouldn't, you, rest wouldn't be the first word that would come to my mind because there's a ton <laughs> going on but with everything that's going on there is restfulness you know there is there's people's hearts that are just they're longing to be formed and there's things that are being offered that they're they're being drawn into but it's surrounded in eucharistic adoration it's just beautiful you walk by the church and see 10 15 people there praying before the lord and and uh so i i love it it's actually so renewing to me just to see uh, the people here responding in Lent, and and that rest is leading into people being drawn into holiness and to becoming God's saints. And I see it. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know your and, you know, I, I, you're talking. I was thinking about Saint Paul. Kind of calls the early Christians out, saying, "Don't be busybodies." 
That's an interesting thing to think about, you know, as you were speaking is, is sometimes we can just become busybodies as Catholics. Like I need to work in the kitchen. I need to clean. I need to do this fundraiser. I need to do this. I need to do that. And we become such busybodies that we actually exhaust ourselves. Um, and is that really the goal? You know, it's, it's a tricky thing because we do have saints that died of exhaustion. You know, my, my patron Saint John Bosco, he died of exhaustion. He gave himself constantly. So there was that physical exhaustion, but I, I, but John Bosco knew rest in his interior life. And, and when we're living the life of Christ and the, and the life that the church calls us to, we can be physically exhausted, but yet interiorly have an incredible rest. Hmm. And, and until we really live the life of Christ, that seems like how can that be possible? But, it, but it's incredibly possible. I, you know, last night I got home and I had that experience. And it's been a while, since, to be honest with you. I got home last night and I felt renewed. And yesterday was a busy day. I mean, mm-hmm. we, had, we had two masses. We had First, first communion, communion class. We had our, our Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit study. We had adoration last night. I had night prayer last night. But la- I went to bed last night, and I just felt refreshed. And I remember laying in bed last night just going, thank you, Lord. I haven't felt renewed like that in quite some time. And it was a grace from God. Um, and, and, and it was a busy day, but, but I, I, I feel like it was right attitude. It was right disposition. It was making sure the Lord was the place of rest. And um, I, I just really invite all of our listeners to really make sure as you go into Lent, you have the proper context. Hmm. And that context is resting with the Lord. Yeah. Like going into the desert and praying and fasting with Jesus. And as you do that, man, like the like peace I give to you, a peace the world can't give. Yeah. It's remarkable. You know, and I think as as we're talking about this rest and, um, and for our listeners too, like something that, w- that helps so much in this process is, is to have a game plan. And one example I see is every morning at seven o'clock, there's a group of like six guys that every morning, seven o'clock, like it's a part of their calendar that they meet in the church for a holy hour and they pray morning prayer together. And they're going through this Exodus 90 program together. And to see what that's done for them, you know, that there's a regular regimented, like, I'm going to get up early. And the first fruits of my day are going to be with the Lord in the church. And it's nice that they also have it in the context of fraternity and a group, too, because there's a sense of, like, we're in this together. And I just see something different in them. Because I pop into the church, and every morning I see them right there. And they've made a decision to say, you know, that my prayer life is going to be important. Now, everyone has different ways that they, they regiment their lives. But for our listeners, maybe just to consider, like as we're entering into these early days of Lent, like do we have a good game plan? And uh, to grow closer to the Lord, is my prayer life growing? Um, am I spending time uh, with, with family and, and maybe service? Whatever it is, um, do I have a plan in place so that I can enter more fully into the, the rest of the Lord so that, that he can build up in my heart? Yeah, and then, you know, that kind of takes it to another level. One of the things that's been on my heart, um, and I know we've talked about this, Ben, and we've prayed through this a little bit here at the parish, is, is how do we continue to enhance the, the family as domestic church or the home as domestic church? That, you know, as you said, like, these guys come here and they pray in the mornings, and we've got people who are adoration, and like me, and our Sunday Mass was packed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, a, we had a great crowd seeing people coming back. It was so beautiful on Sunday. And it was so re- so renewing, but like, how do we go from that and 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 bring it to our homes? Hmm. And and we've seen a little bit of this where we've been really encouraging families, you know, to to maybe invite one other family over and have a meal together and maybe do a little bit of a a study, like Mike was just talking about, you know, like 
take one of these programs that are out there and watch it in your home. Yeah. And I know right now we have at least two families that are inviting people to their home you know, on a specific night, and, and two or three families are getting together, and, they're, and they're, they're growing together in faith. And, and friends, I think sometimes that's an important thing for us to think about. Like, the church, your parish doesn't have to plan every program and every event. You can do it on your own. There's so many resources out there. Get some friends together. Have a little meal together. Watch something. Talk about it. And actually enter into deeper conversation than just a football game, you know, or just a hockey game. And, and that's beautiful and all, or the weather. But go deeper. And there's nobody out there that has an excuse saying there's no resources. Yeah. Anybody out there. And, and to make the home a, a beautiful place of formation, um, I, I think that's something all of us can consider. How do I do that maybe over these next, next days of Lent? And it's been great to hear the response of some of these families. So basically, it's, it's a very simple formula, friends. Essentially, we say pick a family or two and come together, have some appetizers or whatever it is. And they've been using this video series called The Search. And it kind of picks those core questions of the human heart. You know, is there purpose to life? Who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? Why the church? Why is the church necessary? And, and, um, but what, here's what I love, and Father, you're alluding to it, is uh, one of these families just launched it this last week, the first one. No clue what they're doing. We basically said, here's the video series. Here's how you put it on your TV. And you could, I even sensed a little hesitancy of like, are there small group questions? Like a sense of, you know, what do I do? And so I'm like, you got this. Go for it. And after the night was done, it was so beautiful. Father and I get this text, and these, these people are just fired up. And, um, and I loved that exactly what you were saying is what, what stood out to them. These are normal friends that they would meet with, but... For all those listening, and we all, we all experience this, right? We have friends over, and it's not bad, but these our friendships have kind of these surface-level kind of conversations. You know, how's the sports teams doing? How's the weather? But what they alluded to with this first night that they, they offered it was that all of a sudden, there's these friends that they have. They've had these friends for a long time. And the conversation went so much deeper and was like so much more fruitful. And there was joy that came from that. And, and I just, as we talk about kind of the domestic church and, and, and how do we like grow that, like, I think sometimes we're a little hesitant to have those deeper conversations. I don't know why. And honestly, to, to be honest, Father, I do the exact same yeah. thing. I've got good friends that are faithful Catholics. They're in the pews every Sunday. And sometimes I hesitate to go deeper in those conversations. And, and I don't know why. But when it happens, and that's what we're seeing now with these few groups that are starting, it's beautiful to see what the Lord can do when we actually take time to, to examine those deeper questions of, of the human heart. Yeah, the people that are getting together, it's, it's not as if they're all daily mass goers, you know, like there's some people that have never stepped in a church. There's people, but they, they're working within the context of their normal friendships, you know, so you don't have to go out and find like strangers on the streets who are friendships that you have. And it, it's a, it's some are Catholic, some are not, some are active, some are fallen away and not to be afraid. I think sometimes we live in fear and we're afraid to make an invitation, but the power of an invitation is incredible, hmm. but you work within the people that you already have relationships with. Who are the people that you already have natural trust with? The people that you already spend time with. And, and maybe like you just, let, let, just invite people over and say, I just want to share. Let's have a conversation. The fruits of that are unbelievable. Hmm. And I think so often it's fear that paralyzes us and we're afraid. Um, or we're, we're expecting, like we said earlier, you have to have it all together. This can be anybody. Yeah. And God works in all of that. And that's the beauty. Everybody looks at this and it has a good discussion. And there's so many fruits. Um, friends, I really encourage you. Think about who in your life could you just 
have a little little face sharing or a little scripture study with or, or watch one of these video series. We're using the search. It's incredible because it elicits some of those basic conversations. But there's a lot of stuff out there that people could use. Yeah. No, that's been a great. We've Our parish has subscribed to this forum.org and incredible resources on there. Yeah, you could pick any of these studies, honestly, and, and be able to just to, to examine it with, with some friends and grow deeper. And that connects to what we talked about with Mike. No more. Form our minds and our hearts to go, grow closer to God. So... We have got a break coming up. This is Real Presence Live. Father, um, I'm going to just throw this in as a tease here. What I'd like to talk about is how this kind of segues as our home lives are so evolved with social media. This is an excellent opportunity, I think, to, to bring Christ back into the home, get rid of the distractions of social media, and, and be more focused on, on, on life at home Amen. and, and uh, be more involved. Maybe when we get back from our break, we could... Talk a little bit about social media and how it, how it impacts us at home. This is Real Presence Live. We are coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, part of the Diocese of Duluth. We'll be back with more of our program in just moments. It's Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And we are back live with Real Presence Live from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia. Mark Cheney with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moravitz. We've been talking a little bit about Lent 
a season of rest, resting in the Lord. And, Father, we kind of teased about this and how impacted we are from social media in our homes. And uh, we're trying to bring this more from the church into a home setting. Yeah, you know, Mark, um, it's kind of kind of an interesting question, you know, this social media and, you know, modern ways of, of communication. Um, we are all, in many ways, um, just absorbed in that means, you know, and I think all of us, uh, we have to ask ourselves sometimes, like, is this again, like, is this giving me rest? Is this giving me um, peace? And, I, and, and it, those things in our lives that don't give us that, they're really not worth our while. Um, and, and, and social media itself isn't an evil. It can be a real beautiful thing. But we have to ask ourselves, is it creating restlessness in me? Is it creating anxiousness? And am I comparing myself to everybody else out there? Am I, am I using this as a kind of my identity and I'm creating this image, you know? And there's, there's these things that happen in social media that I think could be really dangerous, but they also can be incredibly beautiful, you know? I mean, there's ways in which we can share our faith. And, I, you know, there's so many, so many things that are posted and articles that really help us grow in our faith and and you know podcasts and all these sort of things that are that are great means so there's there's a there's a great way in which we can evangelize and be formed through social media but there's also a some deadly pitfalls and i think we always have to be examining ourselves and just saying is this leading me to rest or is this leading me to chaos mm-hmm. um and we got to be honest with ourselves about that reality um and you know ben i think here at our parish i mean I'm very active on social media. Sometimes, like, I'm always trying to balance, like, <laughs> but really all I use my social media for is to share what's going on in our parish and to try to inspire people and build bridges to the church. Um, even the other day, I posted something that was a little more political, and I never do that. And it just went sideways, and I deleted it immediately. I was like, I'm not, because that gives me unrest. All right, And I understand there's a need for us to speak truth on social media, but I, I feel more in the context of sitting in my office and talking with people about these sort of things. And sometimes social media just goes sideways and people are just like, blah, blah, blah. And, I just, and that doesn't give rest, it seems to me. Maybe for some it does. I don't know that. But I think like, my uh, approach is to take social media to build bridges to the church and to, to, to present the hope of the Lord. And we've seen, actually how that has drawn people to things like RCIA, mm-hmm. things to adoration. You know, all of a sudden people are like, what's adoration? You know, because they saw some post and they end up walking in the chapel. And then from there they end up in the confessional or they end up in RCIA class. And so, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful way in which we can use it, all right, mm-hmm. for good things, but it also can can be something that really disrupts our soul. It's kind of a, yeah, like you said, a, a two-edged sword. And, and, the, and in the one sense, I mean, all of the previous year, I mean, we had to put most of our stuff onto social media because that was the way we stayed connected with people. Yeah. And uh, yes, on the just like you said in the one sense like we everyone knows that there there's evils and struggles and and um on a very on personal levels like that attachments to social media. But on the other end, evangelization done right into these media platforms essentially, hopefully, can convict hearts to help lead them to more of a place of rest. I think that's what you're trying to do is to speak truth into these platforms to help hearts move to the place where they're meant to be. And my sense is, you know, from this previous year, and now it's beautiful to see, like, obviously our church with masses and we have programs and... um, but those connections that we've made through those social media platforms 
have been and God willing will continue to lead people to the source of rest, which is the Eucharist here here at the church. And that's, I do see that, you know, a lot of those people, the desires there, right? St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. There's a lot of restlessness online. There's a lot of restlessness in, in media platforms, social media, whatever it is. Um, but those hearts need the Lord. So how do we, again, the two-edged sword, you don't just like, yeah, this is great. We, we understand that. But using that platform to bring the Lord in and God willing to draw hearts to, to the source and summit. Yeah, and one of the, one of the moments that I've, I've always found a lot of consolation in is during our night prayer. You know, during Lent here, I, I do night prayer through my Facebook page. I go live and people can jump on and they can just pray the, the liturgy of the church, the night prayer of the church. And one of the moments that I always love is always before I pray, I say, let's just take 30 seconds to be silent. And I always imagine everybody in their homes shutting off their TVs, everybody not talking. And I don't know if that really happens, but to me, I'm always like, there's that encouragement every night just to rest. And then I just imagine all these homes just being quiet and this, this grand silence, even on social media, of people being still. And then we, we take a moment just to say, it's like, <coughs> let's be still and wait and call upon the Lord's mercy. And there's quiet. And we rest. And then we go and we pray the night prayer of the church together. And I always like just like, I really appreciate that moment every single night that, that I'm in some ways the church through his, their priest is calling everybody to a moment of just quiet in their homes. And people often mention like how grateful they are that they're together in silence in the evenings before they all go to sleep. Um, and there's a perfect example of social media leading people to a place of faith and a place of silence um, and, and how it can be used in a way that draws people to that rest in the Lord that we've been talking about all day. Yeah. And I think the other important thing and beautiful thing that I see is those opportunities, like, you know, someone's drawn in to night prayer, let's say. And uh, then you see people in our parish that, you know, very faithful people, building relationships with these people and, and welcoming them in. Yeah. Right. And, and I've seen, I mean, this is in the time I've been here by far the biggest class we have of people desiring to enter into the church at Easter uh, through our CIA. So many of them, like I had no clue. I didn't, but you see their name pop up on, on Facebook during night prayer. And then you, what very simple formula. <laughs> then a few of the other people in our church are like, Hey, novel idea. Yep. Come, come learn about the church and uh, these little avenues of, of welcoming people. And there's, there's a desire there. There's an intrigue. And, uh, and that process has led them now to saying, I want to become Catholic. And that goes right back to what Mike was saying earlier today, how, how the church has always taken the means that's available and used it to the highest degree. And over the last year, you know, many of our parishes have closed and we've been frustrated. And you hear kind of this like... I don't know. Do you, there's kind of this, this attitude out there that, oh, you know, everybody's shutting us down. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to offend people out there, but give me a break. Like, no, like nothing shuts down the church. Like there's many ways in which we can reach the people of God. And we have to be creative and it takes work. And, 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 and there's been a lot of ups and downs. But like, seriously, we have the largest RCI class we've probably ever had in the history of our parish this year. During a time where it seems like all the churches should be closed down. And, and why is that? It's because we've taken the means that are available to us and we've seen this as an opportunity. And like you said, praying night prayer on my Facebook page or you know, doing things on our, our Holy Spirit page and using our little parish app. And, and what's happening is there's churches closed all around town. 
And people are like, I want somewhere to worship. Yes. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have people from other churches that aren't Catholic saying, this is the only place open. We're coming. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're coming and they're tasting something that's so good that they want a part of it. Yeah. And if we would have shut down and not done any social media and did nothing, we'd have nobody in our RCI class. Instead, yeah. we've got this huge class. Yeah. And I mean, we need to keep getting after it yeah. and forming people and evangelizing and using the means accessible. I mean, that's, that's what saints do. Why would any of us not do that? And can I just say, like, for our listeners, like, the power of invitation. Maybe you're listening there right now. Like, there is such <laughs> openness right now in people's hearts that are just searching. They want something sturdy and tangible to, to, to grow in their, their hearts and their faith. The power of invitation. And actually, I'm going to bring Mark in for a second because I was so impressed with, so we started our, our first RCA class this last year. Again, we had just had a full year of, like, shutdown. And the first night, you never know who's going to come in. And Mark, through the power of invitation, brings two, two people into, into RCIA on, on that first night in the sense of journeying with them. Like, what was that experience like for you? Well, and it was incredible. Two of our friends that uh, were just questioning. I mean, they were lost uh, and not, not really lost, but just like Father said, everything shut down. They needed resources, and we were there. And it was just an invite, a yep. simple, hey, join me for this class. Yep. Yeah. Well, what's it about? I'm not really sure, but brace yourself. You know, put your seatbelt. Father on. Brandon will be there, so yeah. it'll be entertaining. Yeah. Come on, it's going to be a great class. And uh, you know, well, is this all formal and you know all these you know rituals? And I'm like, yeah. no, we're we're you're down to earth. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, and the amazing thing is, I mean, we st- we're doing RCI classes, and friends like we. We obviously have an ideal. This is when RCI class starts. This is when become be Catholic. But we can, we got to take people whenever they walk into our doors. And that's our attitude around here. I mean, these last couple of weeks, we have whole families just walking in. We have husbands and wives and their kids and they're, hey, how are you? And they, they introduce themselves. We, we don't even know who they are. And they're just walking through the doors. People are hungry. Yes. And we have to provide steak and potatoes for them to eat. And the church has so much to offer them. And so invite people and parishes have to provide these opportunities for the people of God. And then parishioners have to invite them to come to the table and eat and feast. So friends, if you're out there listening, like, don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid to invite someone to consider coming, even just to come to the church. Check it out. Come to an RCA class. Come to a formation class. Don't be afraid. The power of invitation is out there for you. And with that invitation, don't be afraid of the complexities of the church, you know? Yeah. We're, we're all here. Yeah. So yeah. we have got a, a more of our show coming up as we enter into the next hour, an anniversary. Ben, help us out there. Yes. We're going to be talking with Bishop Donald DeGrood by phone. And uh, stay with us. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. We'll be right back.